Hello, Callum. How are you this week? You all good? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, mate. How are you? Welcome to the Second City podcast again. Yes, uh, I'm good, thank you, and welcome back, everyone. Um, yeah, episode 22 this week. Uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good, all's well. Um, obviously, the Mowbray era is underway now, fully. Um, and yeah, I'm not too bad at all. We're taking it easy, really. Um, but yeah, not bad at all. I made my long-awaited return to footballing action myself this week, Dan. Oh, really? Oh, really? How, how so? In goal? I, no, no. I came out of retirement to play five-a-side for the first time in about... I think the last time I played five-a-side was in Doha at the World Cup. You know, you weren't like in the World Cup. You weren't like at <laughs> no, the World Cup. You were in Qatar for the World Cup. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, yeah. I don't um, even know. I do a lot of running, but I couldn't tell you the last time I actually played football. It's been a long time. Like, yeah. The ball got hit out of the like court, like the pitch court thing after about 10 minutes. And I had to lie down on the pitch to like get my breath back. I was absolutely <laughs> knackered. Sure. So all came over to me going, Oh my god, are you injured? I was like, No, I'm just really unfit. But um football wise, uh, obviously a few games this week. Um to chat about blues as I say, we're back in action with Mowbray and Villa. We're away at Everton yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, we'll uh, we'll get onto all that very soon. Uh, look back on the games that have just been, and then we'll get onto some housekeeping stuff. Got a few things going on with the clubs, Blues and Villa, um, outside of the matches themselves. Um, but of course, we'll start where we always do with what we're wearing. Um, I'm sure you know the the score by now, how it all works. So um, yeah, do you want to go first or second, Cal, this week? I think you'll have a better time guessing than I will because I ain't got a clue about yours. So I need the <laughs> sure. extra thinking time. So sure. you, you you can guess first this week, Dan. Because sure, you're. I think it's quite easy because um, so it's a white. Uh, yeah, this is a, a nice sponsorless edition of oh, a well, white Luke Roper shirt. That's a trend because I don't have a sponsor either this week. Um, so that's a it's a Luke kit. Which I think makes it really easy because I think you only had them for one season. Yep. The, the year you got promoted, I think. Yep. So I think that was 2018, 19. It is indeed. And I think it's your away kit for that season. And it is the away kit because I've already worn the third kit from this season yeah. uh, on the perfect hat trick of hotels, um, which was that really gorgeous purple one, which comes into like a V shape in the middle of the chest. Um, but this one's really nice. This is like. A, for a shirt that doesn't actually have a lot going on, I feel like it's very clean and very classy. And obviously the sponsor on the shirt was in Claret as well, which matched the the neck and cuffs. Um, but yeah, I don't think I saw us wear the away kit in person, but we obviously we had some very good results in it. Um, Middlesbrough is one that comes to mind. We beat, we went away to Borough and won 3-0. And Glenn Whelan scored. But like, it was like his first goal in like seven years or something maybe even his second um so that one really springs to mind you know the, the team that we had you know back then you know like said tammy abraham jack Grealish, john mcginn amwar el ghazi um but i was I, I was thinking of wearing this shirt because my very first away day was this season and so the away shirt away day um my first two away days were both in this season at the back end the second of which was at Brentford, um, where I went to Griffin Park in the away end and we lost 1-0. Neil Mopay scored a 90th minute winner. 
awful game. I remember you ranting about this at the time. That was pretty funny. Because <laughs> this was awful. kind of right before you went on that big run and it looked like, you know, yeah. like you were kind of really seriously tailing away from any pr- hopes of promotion. Yeah, because I went to the game with a guy who I knew at work. So he's a Brentford fan because I work near Brentford. And um, so he was in the home end, I was in the away end, and we were at the pub before the game. I saw him at the end of the match and I walked up to him and was like, well, you've just killed any hope we had a promotion. We ain't going up from here. So little did I know. But yeah, that was a, it was just a game where we were dreadful. Couldn't find, could just nothing got going. I think we only really had one chance where Conor Hurahan had a bit of a half chance in the second half and blazed it wide into the crowd. Um, but the other away day I did, which was my first away day, was away at Reading. So I thought it was quite poignant with what's going on with them at the moment which was an awful, awful away day as well. It was freezing cold. It was about February and we drew nil-nil. It was the only nil-nil we had that season. So uh, there's a nil-nil theme get running into this as well. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that was the first time I heard the LA, LA, LA chant as well um, that started breaking out for us that season in the run-up to the promotion. So um, yeah, that's my kit this week, the white away shirt from 1819. Nice, very uh, well. Nice for Villa, I suppose. I always say that. I always go, "Oh, nice," and then I realize, "No, I can't say that about a Villa shirt." You know well, what I mean? <laughs> I can always appreciate a good shirt, like like I can your, appreciate your, um, I can appreciate a story behind the shirt. Episode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, your home shirt that you wore in the very first episode of this podcast, which had the sash on it. Yeah, I love that. Kit, 15, yeah. 16. I think that's an amazing shirt. Yeah. Oh no, I completely agree. Yeah. Cool. Um, um, this one. Yeah. So. For those listening, it's a sponsorless um, blue and black striped X-Tep? X-Tep. Yeah. I I, I genuinely have never seen this shirt in my life. (laughs) And there's a very good reason. (laughs) Yeah, it's probably because you never wore it. (laughs) That Um, may be the case. So, let me think. So, I think you said before that you only had X-Tep for two seasons. Um, which were around the time Carson Young would have taken over. One of those seasons was 10-11 because you won the cup in an X-Tep shirt. We did. I don't I don't think it was that season. So we'll go for the season afterwards, which would have been 11-12. And it, I guess it would have been away slash third, maybe. Wow, very impressive powers of deduction. Uh, yeah, this is our 11-12 away kit. Um, and the reason you probably don't recognise it is because we never wore it. As far <laughs> as I'm aware, we never wore this in a game, in a competitive game, as far as I'm aware. Um, not really surprising, a blue and black kit when our home kit is blue. And we had a third, our European, so we were in Europe this season. So we had a yellow third away kit. And so we just wore that all the time. Um, but yeah, so first of all, shout out to um, Cousin James of the... Uh, the Glennon clan for loaning me this shirt. He's loaned me a few, which you'll see uh, on the podcast uh, here and there. Um, so big shout out for that. Really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, I thought it'd be a good one to get on though. First of all, it's yeah. Sponsorless. So this kit, they initially announced we wouldn't have a sponsor this season. So we've just been relegated under Alex McLeish. Um, I actually wore the home shirt for this season, like probably a month, six weeks ago. And um yeah, we've just been relegated and the club originally announced that we weren't going to have a sponsor on the shirt and it was going to be like a, you know, a different sort of match day sponsor each week and they wouldn't be on the kit as such. 
Um, but then they reverse that decision and later put um, a rational rational effects, whatever they were, on the kit instead. Um, but this is obviously so. This may be a slightly rarer one, considering we never wore it and doesn't have a sponsor on it. Yeah. Um, I was going to say that must be worth a few quid on the, on eBay <laughs> or Vinted these days. And technically, it's not mine, so I can't <laughs> cash in on it. But um, well, it's not mine. There's no technically about it. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, this season though. So yeah, this was 2011-12. So we this is our away kit. As I say, we're in Europe this year. I can't talk about any specific games we wore this kit in, obviously. But great season. So we obviously had the European tour this year where we just missed out on uh, getting through the group stage. I think we got like 10 points. We were really unlucky not to get through. And it may just be coincidence, but obviously we played Club Bruges in the group stage and we famously beat them away and then drew them at home. And the clubs had quite a nice rapport going, like it was almost like a friendly rivalry. It felt like, and obviously it's quite Club Bruges style, don't you think? Like yeah. the kit. So I don't know if that's just coincidence, but um, quite a nice tribute, like even if it is by accident. Um, and then in the league, we finished fourth. Had quite a slow start under Chris Hewton, and then but then in the new year, really kicked up a gear and like our new signings that came in, like. Um, Chris Burke, uh, Wade Elliott, I remember, came in this year. I think Boaz Myhill was in, was in goal this year. And then just Stephen Coldwell and then players like Curtis Davis, um, Ziggich, players who, as we dropped down into the championship, really like stepped up. Um, and uh, I think um, we went on like a mad run in the new year where we beat like Leeds 6-0, we beat Mill... No, sorry, we beat Leeds 4-1 away and we beat Le- uh, Millwall 6-0, that's right, in the same week. We had a good FA Cup run. That was nice. And um, I feel like we were just a player or two short of like getting over the line into the promotion. We got knocked out by Blackpool in the playoffs, which is a real shame because I, I think we were better than them, to be honest. But um, ironically, we'd sold a couple of players to them, like Barry Ferguson and Kevin Phillips and them kind of players were kind of the difference in the end. Um, but yeah, a lot of great memories. I remember like that we went on like a mad, like in the new year, like a 15, 16 game on beat and run. That was absolutely outrageous and just felt absolutely unplayable. One of my, even though we didn't get promoted, one of my favourite seasons as a Blues fan. Um, so yeah, ten, uh, sorry, eleven, twelve away shirt. This one is might be controversial opinion. Or might not be at all, but being sometimes it's worth getting relegated to have a season where all of a sudden you start winning games of football, mm. like. Especially because I, I remember when we had a few those like four or five years where we we were staying up by the skin of our teeth every year, not even winning 10 games of competitive football in a league season. And then obviously we went down and all of a sudden we were apart from that first season, we had two seasons where we got into the playoffs where you win. You're going into games expecting to win or get good results and you're one of the better teams in the division. Sometimes, you know, it's better than just scrapping at the bottom for year after year after year. Oh, 100%. And you look at, like, you think of some teams now in the Premier League, like like your Crystal Palaces and all that, and, like, what are you actually, like, doing there year yeah. after year? Like, I don't know. Easy, easy, easy to say from the outside, yeah, yeah. I suppose. Because not everyone like, does come back. <laughs> no, true, yeah. And, like, you look, or, like, a Southampton that just lingered in the Premier League for a long time, you know, clubs like that. Um, not to say they don't deserve to be there, but you know what I mean. Cool. Um, should we move on then to uh, the games that uh, have passed us by this week? 
Yes, we're going to try a slightly different format for how we rattle through the matches this week. So do you want to go first? Because obviously Blues did play first this game yeah. week. Sure, and yeah. Well, it was the battle of the new manager bounce. And, well, I almost said last week, well, it's almost certainly going to be a draw because the new manager bounce will, like, <laughs> equal out. And, well, that happened. Yeah, pretty Just. much. Obviously, we had... um. So Tony Mowbray took charge of his first game at Blues and then Luke Williams took charge of his first game at Swansea. Um, first of all, probably just the the best game of football I've seen in like a couple of months at Blues, apart from maybe that Leicester game. That was really good, actually. But um, no, just a good game for the most part, I thought. Maybe I'm just comparing that to like the Rooney era that's just gone. But um, yeah, 2-2 draw against Swansea. And first half, I thought we were really good. And then created some not really good but we were good we were better created some good chances but then gave a silly goal away at a set piece uh with a free header got back into it with the Dembele goal um then went 2-1 down again but showed a lot of character to get a late equalizer and the second half I thought Swansea were def- in my opinion were the better team and definitely had the better chances and when they get the ball down and play I actually think Swansea looked pretty good and I think with this new manager bounce I can imagine them climbing up the league sooner rather than later but yeah, Jordan James, man, with a late goal, a bit of a, a scorcher from long range as well. Could be huge, man. Just brings some positive energy, keeps it like gets the Mowbray era off to a positive start. So that's really nice to see. Um but yeah, so we we said we'd sort of try and break it down into like um so player of the match, uh, sort of man of the match, a general score out of ten, I think we were saying. Uh, or a grade, I think we we're going to do a grade. Okay, so like on a scale of like A to F, yeah. and then um, I, I guess a, a U is possible, I suppose. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah. Um, and then we were going to do a um, three, three word, word review. review, yeah, which I think is quite uh, quite cool. Um, player of the match is kind of tough, but because I felt like collectively it was a better team effort. Um, so I won't necessarily say he was the best best player, but notable inclusion that I think is very interesting and therefore my pick for this would be Hogan. So very so Rooney really did not seem interested in Hogan at all. And I am not saying Scott Hogan needs to start every game from now on. I'm not saying this. But like because he frustrates me as much as most people I'd imagine. But I thought he played well on Saturday. His closing down was excellent. He got an assist for the first goal. And I, I thought he did a really good job for the team. Um which so I appreciate that and I thought it was good to see him back in the team. And I can imagine Mowbray could be the man to get a tune out of him. And just on a side note, it's great to see Mowbray, like, I'd imagine a player like Hogan, he could be really good for. Like, Mowbray's come in with so much positive energy. I, I've loved his press conferences and his interviews, the way he talks. He talks like a fan. You know, in his opening press conference, he talked about why he loves the FA Cup and, like, his memories watching the FA Cup final with his family and, like, you know, his dad and his uncles and all that. And I really loved that. Talked about, like, is you know first color TV watching like nineteen seventies Brazil. I, I, he clearly loves the game and he talks like a fan. And I, th- I think he's going to be really popular amongst Blues fans if results obviously match it. Um, but yeah, I I think someone like him could be really good for Hogan. So he was kind of my standout for this week. Um, did he start? And then yeah, he did. Yeah, he got subbed off. But yeah, I. Again, I'm not saying like you know he's he still only scored one league goal all season, but like um, I, I think he deserves a mention. Um, grade, I'm gonna give it a B, just a solid B. 
on a scale of A, A plus to you, I guess, would be like a scale. I'll give it a B. It wasn't exceptional, but it was just a bit more solid. I didn't think the late goal was going to come, but we did get it. And it's just a solid, solid start. Not exceptional, but something to build on. Got the whole game as we're recording tomorrow night. And then an away game at Stoke. And it just gives us a building block and a foundation. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a B. And then my three-word review. Little... I'm going to say uh, good first step. Nice. Yeah, that's my my match review. You have to, re- you have to really think about that one. <laughs> I know, yeah. Not, uh, I'll try and come up with more exciting... Uh, three red reviews, but I think that's kind of how this game summed up. It's not. It wasn't like it was a good first step. Yeah, that's how it summed up. I don't think either of the matches this week were classics on the eyeballs. No, no, no. Like don't get me wrong. It was it was a good game in that it was like in you know the, there was at least you know chances. I'm probably just comparing it to that Bristol City game that we had between uh, Christmas and New Year, which was like yeah. genuinely maybe the worst game I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm maybe just comparing it to that. The team just looked a bit more up for it and had a bit more energy about them. Um, night and day to what we saw at the tail end of 2023. So, yeah, that's my my kind of thoughts on that game. Uh, how about you then? Villa obviously played Everton away at Goodison Park this week. Yeah, so we had, uh, yeah, we were away at Goodison, which has, I think I said last week, has been a really happy hunting ground for us. Uh, we haven't lost to Everton in the league since we got promoted. Uh, obviously, annoyingly, we did lose that. We lost in the cup earlier on in the year, but... Um, but yeah, it was a, it wasn't a bad performance, and and it the, it's what makes the result a bit disappointing. We just lacked a bit of creativity. We really didn't test Jordan Pickford enough. Um, but if there was a team that we can, we dominated the game, and if there was a team that was going to win it, it was probably going to be us. Um, but we just didn't have that that sort of mad that one moment really to get that went our way. Obviously, we had the the disallowed goal, so. Um, frustrating but a clean sheet i'll take a clean sheet any day of the week and we we've been saying all season draw your ways win your homes so um you know it it's frustrating because they're near the bottom of the league but it's a point gained i suppose um player of the match i was dicing between two i'll give it to bubakar kamara because i thought he was outstanding in the middle of the park he was absolutely brilliant and he really showed in this game what we'd really missed uh, against Burnley and against Man United in particular, and against Sheffield Sheffield United as well. But the Man United game really stands out, where we just completely fell apart in that second half, and he would was instrumental in that by not being on the pitch because of his suspension. Um, but and the guy who narrowly misses out on my player of the match would be Clement Longley. I thought he was really solid. Not didn't didn't do anything special, but he. I just thought he had a really good game. And um, you know, we we do badly miss Paul Torres, but Clement Longley's been a more than worthy replacement. And he's a player that I was a bit skeptical of when we signed him, but all he's done is prove me wrong when he's played. So, but we'll give it to Bubakar Kamara. Um. Grade the performance, it's probably a C, probably a C grade. If we'd have found the winner, then it might have even, it would it would have gone higher, but we weren't terrible and we and we dominated the game. So it's, it's and I don't want to be too drastic and go, and it's a disaster. We didn't win and it's all falling apart. And it's, it is a missed opportunity, but we didn't play that badly. It just ne- didn't go our way. Um, So the three word match review will be, 
uh oh I, I was laughing at you harder, and then yeah. it's kind of good to, it is yeah. harder um frustrating away day i think we'll go with away oh. days two words right yeah of course it is yeah of course it is yeah, yeah. that's perfect yeah. um i think people forget as well like i know everton have been on a slight downward curve recently but they have played like good teams like the stronger teams in the league so i, I personally don't think you can look into it too much um, yeah and i thought the atmosphere at goodison was very very toxic mm. um most because those fans are very frustrated with what's been happening on and off the pitch obviously they're not very good they're having a decent season if you take the points deduction away they'd be about 12th but the last couple of years they've been dreadful and they're still not great now it's just that there's a lot of crap teams in the premier league at the moment um but also they're very frustrated with the points deduction. They're probably going to get another one, but it's like every decision the referee gave to Aston Villa on Saturday, the crowd were booing. They were standing up. They're waving these PL corrupt pamphlets that they've got in the crowd. So the referee, it, even if it was like a stonewall foul to Villa, this was happening. Like the referee couldn't give anything against them without them getting riled up. And so it was a very, it looked like a very difficult atmosphere to play in. I mean, got it, I can understand why they've struggled at home because it's just a very frustrated home atmosphere. But we just, could, and I think if we, if the goal had stood, I mean, it was rightly chalked off, but they made a mess of making the decision. Shock. Um, if that had stood, I think we would have comfortably won the game. We probably would have gone and won like two or three nil, really, because I think they'd have just collapsed in that atmosphere. And it's why I think they've struggled at home. Is as soon as they've gone a goal down, that home atmosphere has had a negative impact on them. Yeah. Um. But it is what it is. We'll see if they get another points deduction because them and Forest are in a lot of trouble by the sound. Yeah. Just today, yeah, that news broke. It'll be very interesting to keep an eye on. Um. But yeah, are you concerned about like the next couple? How this may affect you in the next couple of games, or do you think it's just like you know one of them? I'll take it because it was an away clean sheet. I mean, clean sheets in general have been very hard to come by for us. And away from gone, I genuinely couldn't tell you the last time we had an away clean sheet in the league. So I'll take it. I, I will take it. Um, we are probably one or two short, and that's just because of the injuries. But Jacob Ramsey not in the squad, so he's injured again. Still missing Pal Torres. Yuri Tielemans was back, which was promising, so hopefully he can get back up to speed. Um, so we've got the winter break next week, So and then we've got the FA Cup. So we're not in the league action for just over two weeks. So hopefully we can get a couple of players back, and we might have one or two additions. But basically, our next Premier League game is right at the end of the window, so if we do do any business, not that I'm really expecting us to do much, um, it, it'll probably be one in, one out, and I don't expect any more than two players if we do sign anyone. Um, then they might be in the squad by the time the end of the season rolls around. Yeah, end of the transfer window rolls around. Yeah, cool. Right, so should we jump into some housekeeping, Dan? I've got a few bits and pieces to get through. Yeah, same here. Yeah, so let's let's do it. Absolutely. Um, should we start from? Uh, so, rumor mill is is that the new badge is going to be revealed at some point this week. It may have already been revealed by the time this podcast goes out. Looks set to be that shield badge. Lots of revisionism going on on Twitter. I still think it looks rubbish, but we'll see <laughs> how that goes. Um, 
the, oh, Chris Heck did an interview in the Times in the last couple of days. So he's revealed in that that we've been filming a behind the scenes documentary. I've, it's by the sounds of things, it's an in house one that they're going to try and sell to an Amazon or a Netflix. So it's it's not necessarily going to be an Amazon all or nothing or a Netflix like behind the scenes thing. But it might appear on there if they sell it to them. And I, I someone will take a punt on it. You'd think, especially if we do either win the conference league or qualify for the champions league, or even then have some dramatic um, collapse through the league where we finish in the bottom half. Cause I think there's going to be a story to tell somewhere in there. So keep an eye on that in the next, I don't know, six to 12 months. Um, if that actually becomes a real thing. Um, but the big news, the big news that was reported in everywhere other than that's officially come out of the club and the club won't announce it until probably the summer, which is we're getting Adidas kits next year, Dan. Yeah, I, did. I am I did so buzzing. Yeah, I did hear about this. So um, there was a long held rumor that we couldn't have Adidas kits because one of our co-owners, Nassif Sawiris, is like a 6% stakeholder in Adidas. And the it was never really confirmed, but the long term rumor had been the reason we'd gone to Kappa and then Castor was because there was a conflict of interest. So clearly that's not the case. Um, but yeah, really, really excited. It, by the sounds of things, the price of the shirts should come down by about £10 or so next year. But with the rate of inflation, they'll probably stay the same. Um, but yeah, really, really excited. I hope we don't get a template but then the Adidas templates aren't that bad anyway, so I'm. I've got I'm pretty buzzing. Yeah. For those watching, I've got two behind me right here. I can't... Um, and they're like I Adidas are my favourite kit makers we've had at Blues. I thought they were awesome. I bought almost all their kits. I thought they were great. But yeah, that's all I had for housekeeping. Cool. So that, there's going to be a nice extra shirts for uh, next season's podcasts in the, yeah, in the sure. works for me clearly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but what about you, Dan? You got some housekeeping, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, first of all, very quickly, uh, there's been a few. Obviously, I've been singing the praises of Jordan James on here. There's a few stories going around just on social media and stuff that apparently Atalanta are after him. Uh, apparently, to fit the fee is the issue. Apparently, not so much the player. So the rumor going around was that they'd agreed a fee of I think it's four point five million euros. Um, but obviously, Jordan James just like he scored again a huge goal at the weekend. He's genuinely just improving week by week. So Mowbray sounds quite keen to keep him as well and possibly build the team around him, um, at least to an extent. So keep an eye on that. I have a feeling we may try and keep a hold of him just because he is so instrumental to us at the minute. Um, and I feel like for four and a half million, I, I personally think he's in today's market. It's, it's you know, just not worth it, is it? No, no. Obviously, Mowbray talked very sensibly about how, you know, every player does have a price, but you'd like to keep his best players. So, yeah, keep an eye on that one. Um, the only thing I would add on to that is he's come through the academy, I'm right in saying. So he would he be has, yeah. pure profit in FFP terms. True. So that it's a bit different to maybe signing a player for like three million and selling him for four. So the pure profit element to it means that these academy players can be worth so much more just in making the books look more more balanced than they kind of are. Yeah, uh, no, completely. And it's easy for us here to say as well, like, don't sell them, don't sell them. But like, we don't really understand. Like, obviously, we're not 
parlay or is that a fancy word we're not um <laughs> we're not parlay we're not you know what i mean we're not like we're not told we don't know the ins and outs of ffp going on at the club <laughs> uh, i don't know where that came from but um you know what i mean um other news john o'shea has left so following rooney out the door sounds like I don't doesn't sound like he was sacked or anything. It sounds like the club statement, you know, thanked him and said he it sounded more like it was his decision to move on or mutual consent or something like that. Um I can only assume that he was probably a Rooney appointment. Obviously they played together for years at Man United, so Rooney was probably probably involved in bringing him in and they probably just decided this new setup isn't for them. Um and they're going to move on, probably pursue other things. Interesting. Interestingly, Ashley Cole is still at the club, though, which is uh, I I thought they would both go as soon as Rooney went as well. But um, Ashley Cole's sticking around. Looks like he'll be sticking around. Um, but yes, John O'Shea has gone. Was at the club for uh, not even three months, I don't think. So or just over, maybe. So yeah, not a great spell for him, sadly. Yeah, and going back to money as well. Uh, obviously, the club sacked Eustace. They've sacked Rooney. Um, that John O'Shea has either been sacked or walked. Anyway, obviously the club's put, paid a lot of money in a turnover of coaching staff. So I would imagine that if they can keep them and squeeze them into the setup that is works for everyone, where they're contributing and justifying the money they've paid to get them and pay them, I'd I'd imagine something in there than paying another member of staff to get lost. Yeah. Very true. That's very, very true. Um, and then, yeah, last thing, but uh, in my opinion, uh, the most interesting, in my opinion, uh, the club uh, so have announced, put a headline out this week, Birmingham City Partners with Oakview Group Europe Limited. So you hear a headline like that and like, you know, okay, don't really know what I'm supposed to do. Like, you know what I mean? It's not like, okay, whatever. Yeah. It's just another sponsorship thing. Um, but you actually do some digging into it and it actually is pretty exciting, in my opinion. Um, so the statement starts with Birmingham City Football Club is pleased to announce it has entered into a multi-year partnership with leading global sports and entertainment venue Oak View Group Europe Limited. So under the terms of the agreement, OVG will work with the club to develop a long-term strategy to maximise the commercial value of St Andrews and the club's training grounds, create a new commercial framework for future infrastructure projects that the club's owner, Nighthead Capital Management Limited, is committed to delivering and be responsible for driving additional relationships with global partners. Um, so, uh, did a bit of research into it. OVG, it turns out, are like serious players in like, the development of major venues so obviously it's all still like rumor and stuff at this point but the expectation seems to be that these new owners at blues eventually are going to want us to move stadium and that's not a huge shock because obviously st andrews has been around for a long time and it's seen much better days although it is looking a lot better now than it was a year ago um but ovg are currently building uh, in fact, I believe it's built and opening very soon. A venue in Manchester called Co-op Live, which is going to be... I don't know if you've heard about it. Yes, the Killers are playing there. Yeah, so I was just year. reading that. So they're opening the UK uh, leg of their 20th anniversary tour there. And then several other bands are playing there. So it's going to be the basically the headline venue for concerts in the UK. And it's going to be the, the biggest venue of its kind in the UK and the biggest venue... 
outside of the United States for these kind of things. So it's going to be a huge, these got like, and this group are responsible for building, you know, are one of the major players in building that venue. So it's very exciting that blues are partnering with them. And if these rumors about a new stadium are true, they could be very exciting people to be working with. If you have no idea what a new stadium in the heart of Birmingham could look like, it could be, Obviously, with someone like Tom Brady involved, who knows, could be used for things like bringing the NFL to Birmingham or anything like that. A major new gigs venue in the heart of town could be really exciting because, like, don't get me wrong, I like going to the Rico Arena for a gig, but it's kind of mental that no stadium in Birmingham is deemed fit enough for it. Um, So, yeah, one to keep an eye on in the long term. Um, Yeah, who knows? Could be really interesting. It's a good point there you make about the NFL because... As much as I wouldn't want them to do it, I don't think Villa Park would suit an NFL game, no. really, anyway. So, no, yeah. I agree. No, I mean, I'm, that's interesting, though. Yeah, something to keep an eye on. It's big, uh, yeah, quite big news. People seem quite excited about it on social media. So, yeah, keep tabs on that. Next week's games, we haven't got one, so go to <laughs> yeah, town. Cool. You got two, yeah. go to town. Yeah, we got two. Uh, yeah, I feel like the pod may be slightly more blues leaning next week. Seeing as we have got again, um, yeah, because you're on your winter break, aren't you? Um, yes. in the Premier League, but uh, yeah, so we're playing, we're recording on Monday, so we got Hull tomorrow night. I'm not gonna obviously spend too long on it because by the time most people are listening to it, the game's probably happened, um, or very soon to happen, um. I reckon there'll be a couple of changes, but nothing too major. I would probably keep kind of the more defensive side of the team mostly the same and then could maybe mix up the forward line a little bit more. I'd kind of just try to keep, let's build that solid foundation. I'd maybe keep Sanderson along in just to help them reestablish that partnership a bit uh, more again. Um, but then we've got Stoke away at the weekend. So um, it's, just, it's mad that you're playing them again already. I know, yeah. We're going to play them on, um, on Boxing Day. Boxing Day? Is uh yeah Boxing Day, um, so yeah, and they absolutely demolished us. But it'd be a really interesting comparison now because that was kind of like our worst under Rooney. I'd argue if we can get a win against Hull, um, if we can then go to Stoke and build on it, I think it would show the difference that just a positive mindset can do to players. Um, but we say on this all the time, you know, draw your away games, win your home games. So I think a point would be absolutely terrific. I did go to Stoke away last season, though. We won. Was that last season? Yeah, it was last season. We won yeah. 2-1. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, Harley Dean, Scott Hogan scoring. Absolutely fantastic. But I thought they looked really good the other week when they played us under the new manager. But uh, yeah, I'll take a draw. I think I think a score draw, kind of similar to what we had against Swansea, probably be on the cards, to be honest. Lovely stuff. Yeah. I think that pretty much wraps us up this week, doesn't it? Yeah, so um, if you're watching, listening, make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're looking at uh, or listening to us at. Five-star reviews if you're listening to us on audio, Spotify or Apple or Google, whatever. Um, If you're watching us on YouTube, please do leave a like, drop us a comment. Who's got the better shirt this week? Sponsorless edition. Um, Yeah, yeah, and you can find us everywhere uh, with the handle at Second City Pod. Yeah, that's at Second City Pod, so 2ND City Pod. Um, and also, if you are new to the Second City Podcast, and we have had an influx of new viewers in the last uh, month or so, pretty much since the turn of the year, um, 
earlier on we did three special podcasts and we'll be doing another one in a couple of weeks um we did one on alex mcleish one on emil heskey and one on hotter they're sort of timeless pieces so go and go back in time check them out and uh because they're fun they're telling the story of influential controversial figures that were on both sides of the second city so yeah go check them out yeah 100 percent um Awesome, Carl. See you next time then and take it easy. Yeah, done. Until next week, see you later and up the villa. Shit on the villa. Keep right on. See you next week. <laughs>